Hello, Firelighters. Thank you so much for being here. I know audio is an important part of your life. So just wanted to remind you that my audio course, 10 Pieces of Advice You'd Like to Have as a Child, is available on Listenable. You can get a seven-day free trial to listen to my course or the hundreds of other courses available on there. Just go to educationonfire.com forward slash listenable. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Today I'm chatting to Tanya Bunting. Tanya is a licensed trainer of NLP as well as a clinical hypnotherapist. Her mission is to support clients to believe in themselves, take control and determine their own destiny. She first came across NLP in 2014 when she decided to take a career break after 17 years in school leadership. Following this training, she couldn't wait to return to the classroom and begin working with individual clients and share their skills. Her diverse background supports a number of specialisms including learning, life and career coaching. Tanya has also put all of this expertise into a book called Get the Teaching Job You Want From Self-Doubt to Being Confident in 10 Easy Steps. And this is a fascinating conversation, which I think can help you in so many ways. But just before we get talking, here's a quick thank you to our sponsor. The National Association for Primary Education is a non-political UK charity. As Vice Chair, I'm delighted to be hosting six online CPD events to enable you to be supported as educators, no matter where you are in the world. To find out more information, go to nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. That's nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. Hi, Tanya. Thank you so much for being here on the Education on Fire podcast. And it's great to chat to someone who's part of the community. I know you're involved in the Facebook group and, and all the support you've done in there. So thank you very much for that. And I'm incredibly excited to be able to support teachers on their career path and understanding what it's like in terms of getting a job, wanting a job, but also having that step-by-step understanding of of what you're doing with your book. So yeah, great to chat to you. It's great to chat to you too, Mark. Thank you for your warm welcome. So let's sort of start in terms of understanding your journey in terms of being a teacher, getting involved in NLP, combining the two, and, and it looks like you really do have this real blended um, career path now as well. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, if I go back uh, 31 years, 31 years ago, my teacher training colleagues, the, the teachers that were in college with me, were all just starting out on their career. So they were setting up their classrooms and meeting their new class for the first time whilst I was decorating a nursery and getting used to and looking forward to welcoming um, our baby boy into the world. So I kind of got into the classroom a bit later than my colleagues. So they set out in the September, I set out in the January. And um, I had a wonderful career in the classroom. And eventually I stepped out from the classroom to be a deputy head and then a head teacher. Um, But not until I really believed in myself that I could have an impact on other people's classes. And then after leaving headship, I 
happened to do an NLP practitioner course simply because I was curious. One of my governors had done the course and when she'd come back, the way that she thought, the way that she challenged me was all completely different. And when I said to her, what did you learn? She said to me, I can't, I can't explain it. You'll have to, you'll have to go, you'll have to learn it. Um, So I did simply out of curiosity. And in terms of seven wonderful days training, I can remember sitting, listening to Dr. Richard Bandler, co-creator of NLP, and thinking, oh my goodness, this man must be like Sprouts. You know, he says one thing that's not particularly PC. He says other things that bring the house down. People are laughing. The people around me obviously love him. And then by the coffee break, I realised that there was a trance element and I knew nothing about hypnosis. And I kind of had an open mind about where is this going to take me? And I had no idea. However, six or so years later, um, I've now transitioned from teaching because I went back in the classroom after doing the NLP practitioner. Um, So after the seven days, I was straight on the phone to teaching personnel. um, And I said to them, find me a class. I want to go back in. I want to apply these skills. And of course, what NLP gives you is a wonderful generic toolbox. And there are all sorts of teaching methodologies that I can now look at and think, that's NLP. Talk for writing. That's NLP. And so in terms of what it gave me was a new set of skills to go into the classroom and see what I could do with them. And I have to say, because of things like being able to manage my own state, being able to influence the children's emotional state, being able to talk to people in an empowering way actually changed my life and consequently changed the children's. Because for me, teaching had never been easier. And I'd go into the staff room and of course, my colleagues were overworked, challenged. Teaching is a demanding job. However, in terms of being able to refill my reservoir and enjoy being in the moment, in the classroom with the children, it had never been better. And I was able to have huge impact on learning like never before. So yeah, I I didn't look back and um, my practitioner led to the master practitioner and eventually to charisma enhancement or what the society called trainers training. And here I am. So I've transitioned to being a coach and a therapist um, for very good reasons. And what I'm delighted about is I can still have a huge impact not only on children's lives, but on teachers' lives and on parents' lives, because I now work with all sorts of people in the community. Sometimes I'm working with uh, with people um, in terms of their personal development, sometimes their professional development, and one always impacts the other, I find. So I've now got flexibility in terms of how I work. 
So a long answer to a short question. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because I think one of the things that we talk about a lot on the show is the fact that while we might like the education system or the curriculum or whatever to be transformed into a what we believe is a more modern approach in terms of supporting everybody that's involved what you've just demonstrated is that whether we can or whether we can't or whether it's a slow process you personally can change yourself within it and understand what you're about and how you show up in the world and consequently how that is for the children how that is for the other staff how that is for the environment of your school and and the ripple effect you know of all of that going on and I think that's the most empowering thing of all that because that's the bit that we can take control of ourselves and that's the thing that can make the difference and the more people we can impact with that the better it's got to be because we know that lots of teachers stop teaching within five years of of graduating and being involved in schools and so if we can actually target people and get them to have the skills and the understanding within the world that they're already living in then that has to be very beneficial for everybody involved in education. Absolutely and in terms of what that really means in in like a practical way For me, when I stepped back into the classroom because I wanted to apply the skills with the children and see just how much impact I could have, I was a a carer wearing three carer's hats. I was studying to do my um, diploma in clinical hypnotherapy and thereafter my post-grad I supported us, my daughter and my mum all to move house. And it was a really, really busy time in my life, a really busy three and a half years that I went back into the classroom for. However, I was able to manage my schedule, my emotional state to achieve so much more than ever before. And I think that must be really inspiring for people listening to feel that they could actually they could actually do that and actually understand how how impactful that could be and they must be wanting to find out much more so can you can you tell us a little bit um just while we're chatting now in terms of sort of what those things are that you came across that you could understand and maybe one or two sort of practical things which people can even take away today yeah i'd love to so in terms of my, my, my colleagues and the parents and the children, all sorts of things happened that gave me feedback to know actually other people are noticing the very subtle, um, not, not changes, but, but the very subtle tweaks that happen that people can't quite put their finger on, but they know something's different when you're able to manage your own mindset and use your linguistic skills to support others. So I remember I started at a local school, I was teaching year three and a couple of days after me starting, one of the parents rapped on the door and she said to me, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm doing my job. And she said, well, all the parents are talking about you. So my ears pricked up. I said, oh, tell me more. I'd like like to understand. And she said, well, this class, obviously, they've come back. They haven't got the teacher they thought they were going to have because I literally had a head teacher colleague phone me and say, Tanya, can you teach for me for six weeks? That ultimately turned into three years. 
But going back to the parent, she said to me, this is a class who haven't ever gelled. The children have always come out in, in a particular state um, and parents and children are noticing something's different. What are you doing? <laughs> so I just kind of winked and said, well, I'm doing my job. And, you know, in terms of my colleagues, teachers work extremely hard in COVID times. To my mind, they're the unsung heroes to a large extent. Um, however, oftentimes when we're working really hard, it's difficult to step back and to kind of plan how we're going to do things so that we can enjoy being in the moment with the children. So in terms of what NLP gave me, I was able to think to myself, right, my planning's done. How do I want to feel in this lesson? How do I want the children to feel? What do I want them to be curious about? And I was able to talk to them in a way that was empowering. So, you know, if they were nervous about something, I could use language so that they knew we're doing something first. You know, we're doing something for the first time. You just haven't learnt it yet. We can start it together, can't we? And having a really good hold on language and how it works and how we can use our voice, how we can use embedded commands and how we can get the children there really gently was a big game changer for me. So there were things like the school, the school had to raise standards in writing, um, boys writing, boys and their writing was a particular focus. And of course, oftentimes we think that we've done all of the preparation with the children. You know, they've, they've got ideas, they've jotted some of them down, they've made their notes. However, there's still a big step between that and actually getting the pencil or the pen on the page. And, you know, what I wasn't doing was hypnotising people's children. However, the fact that we can slow down, close our eyes, go inside, just see what's happening in our imagination, run our own piece of writing, our story or explanation, whatever it is, like a little mind movie, watch it on a screen, go back, improve it, and then literally open our eyes and hear the teacher who's kind of giving us the nice, soft, positive suggestions to start writing now. They could write for hours. So once a week, we, we would have a longer writing task. And my children would just want to keep writing. Um, so in terms of how I used it, it took quite a bit of reflection. Um, and it certainly didn't all happen overnight. However, eventually, I was able to just use all of the skills that I've been taught to have a really good impact on learning and the principles of NLP, such as there's no such thing as failure, only feedback linked with the school values. So it meant that I could use them within the classroom. And of course, when people are getting helpful feedback, they're not feeling bad about what they're doing, they feel good, then it's much easier 
to excel. Um, so there were lots of other things too, you know, things like the NLP spelling strategy is a game changer um, for children. I developed it so that the children became the teachers and they all taught each other. Um, and of course, anybody can do the NLP spelling strategy, but what's behind it in terms of self-belief and just being able to know how you learn best makes a huge difference. And over time, I was able to involve the children more and more about how their brain works, how it remembers what it's seen, what it's heard, how we can change what we've seen and what we've heard to make it more memorable. And so the children um, built up their self-esteem and belief in themselves because they could spell all the year three and four words really easily. And so the other thing that it did was it helped me to see more quickly the children that needed my help because in terms of NLP and the eye accessing cues, I could see at a glance the children that weren't necessarily following my instructions as well as they might. And of course, for a word, a picture to go into our long-term memory, you've got to focus on it for long enough. And I could quickly pick up the children that were maybe talking to themselves about things that they were worrying about rather than simply looking at it. And in terms of children with specific learning difficulties, um, I had children in my class who had great strategies to do other things. I had an amazing goalkeeper. And when we applied his goalkeeping strategy to learning how to spell, he learnt far more quickly. It was still more of a challenge for him than it was for other children but it was it was like having having some glue and helping the learning to stick. Um, another child loved being on his PlayStation and played racing games, Forza. And the fact that he had a strategy for getting around the track that he could then use for getting around the word and remembering the spelling changed things for him. So... There are all sorts of things that I suppose they were like surprises that happened along the way. Because when you when you complete an NLP practitioner, it's not like being given an education kind of sandwich box. So this is what you, we, you're going to teach. This is how to teach it. It's not like that. It's it's a complete methodology with all sorts of skills and techniques that you've got the autonomy to go away and make them work for you. Of course, as a class teacher, it was about making the work for me and mine. I think I think you just answered one of the questions I was I was I was contemplating while you were chatting there, which was the the idea that what came across is the fact that you had the personalized learning, which we talk mm -hmm. about a lot on the show in terms of it's about every child and how they learn and their skills. It's about community. And by that, I mean, what's related to each child, like you say, is it a hobby? Is it a is it something they're interested in? Is it where they live? Whatever it happens to be, but it's easily identified. Um, but also the whole essence of what learning is. It's like having a toolbox and you create and learn what you need from that toolbox. And then you have the tools to learn a particular subject or a particular skill that enables you to cover what you need to cover. And as the teacher, of course, we, you know, 
we do have that overarching idea of knowing that at the end of this year the government states that we need to have done this and done that whatever yes. that, 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 that's the, that's the way that is but it just sounds so wonderful that you, you're engaging on that personal level you're able to identify it but it all starts with the fact that you as the teacher understand what you're trying to do because of your training and because you sort of know all of this and like I said there is a certain calm about like I said I've done the planning I know what it is that we're trying to achieve and I know where I'm going with it Mm -hmm. but then within that you then have the space and the 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 ability to then sort of embrace every child individually within the classroom as a whole to then move it forward and I think that again isn't about how do I teach maths or how do I teach spelling or how do I teach music it's about how am I in this how do I teach generally how do I relate how do I use these skills to affect every single child and then once you have that engagement and you have that fact that we're not just coming into the classroom to learn another thing it's part and parcel of their life then like you say anything is possible and I can understand like you say very difficult to articulate it especially maybe to a parent outside or 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 to someone else who might not understand that subtlety of what you're doing but it is like chalk and cheese it's completely different (laughs) and makes such a big difference to everyone involved and I'm laughing about um, what you were saying about the fact that it can be difficult to articulate it So one of my colleagues um, had a student in her class for the first time. So the assistant head teacher came and said to me, it would be really, really good if such and such can observe your lesson and give you feedback in preparation for observing her student and giving feedback. So I said, yeah, of course, more the merrier, come in, enjoy whatever it is that we're doing. And the teacher watched the lesson, um, made her notes, looked at the things I was doing really, really well, um, and whether there were any improvement points. So, you know, very typical lesson observation. And after she'd given me her feedback, she said to me, my student needs to come and watch in your classroom. So I said, oh, she needs to come and watch. Yes, yes, she needs to come and see what you do. So I just mirrored back what I do. And she said, yes, you know what you do. And that's how subtle it is. Because as a colleague teacher, she could see, feel, hear, know that there was something different. But it's all about how you're managing yourself, how you're managing the children, so that the atmosphere is exactly as you want it to be and of course until you've done your planning you don't know what state you want the children to be in to receive a particular piece of learning um so what i would do is is what my nlp trainers and teachers had shown me to do tell stories to help children to get into the right frame of mind for learning um, and leave leave stories unfinished sometimes so that their unconscious would be trying to get to the answer. So I found that um, I I had a new skill set that I could hook children into learning in a different way than ever before. And the great thing was it worked and it still works. And I still get to to work with children, albeit mostly now on a one-to-one basis. And one of the things that struck me then was the fact that what a 
what a privilege it is to be a primary teacher because you have the ability to create an entire year of that learning environment which children are only in school um, for sort of seven years or so in primary so that's a real large percentage of their learning understanding and their development yeah. that has to be embedded whether they whether they know that or not um, and, and I certainly find as a you know as a visiting music teacher going in I mean, I try and apply so much of the things that you've talked about, albeit, uh, I think, probably subconsciously to begin with. Um, I've sort of learned these things as, as I've gone on. Um, but a large proportion of maybe our half an hour lesson is unpicking the fact that that's not where they've come from, creating that scene, setting the environment, and then being able to learn through. And so I think the, the gift of being a primary teacher to sort of be able to expose children to that um, at that level, I think, is really 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 important and and you mentioned there you were sort of doing one on on one so you can work with children in terms of them understanding it in the way that you, you've explained mm -hmm. Do, are you also able to go into schools and support either individual teachers or or cpd for a whole school how, how does that kind of thing work well <laughs> <laughs> that's my vision that's what i would love to be doing so in terms of um like the book that I've written, Get the Teaching Job You Want, that is a self-coaching opportunity for teachers so that they can take themselves on a journey. But it's also an introduction to some new skills for them. Um, if I, if it, as and when my dream comes true, then yes, I'll certainly be having more impact in classrooms. Um, I, I'm still reflecting on the model because there are lots of people that use NLP in the classroom, lots of people who've attempted to have an impact on aspects of NLP within the classroom. However, in terms of really empowering teachers to have their own autonomy to take it to where they want it to go, that's different. So my dream would be that teachers complete an NLP practitioner and then have to support themselves to apply it to their own classroom. So certainly for me, um, one of the major impacts was that whilst the schools that I worked in, after learning um, the strategies, all had behaviour policies. I didn't need a behaviour policy anymore. So I would certainly follow the policy so that the children had the rewards and the sanctions that were in place in the school. However, because the children in my class had a really good understanding of the impact of their achievement on them, they had intrinsic motivation. So we got to the stage that however much there were stickers there and certificates to be had, they didn't look for that because they enjoyed that ongoing success and the, the feeling and the buzz that they had personally and that they shared with their classmates. Yeah, I love that. I think, and that is the ultimate. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. And and you mentioned your book there. Let's let's dive into that. What's it for? How, do, how does it work? How have you put it together in terms of, of what you're trying to achieve in supporting teachers through it? Okay, so it is, it, it's what it says on the tin Get the teaching job you want from self-doubt to being confident in 10 easy steps. And it came about because I 
loved talent spotting. I loved designing interviews and interviewing teachers to teach with us at our school, teaching assistants, etc. Um, and it was always like a, a new challenge for me to design the interview process because it doesn't have to be the same each time. And, you know, when people have got the right challenge, they can really show the interview panel what they can do. Um, however, for me personally, when I first started applying for jobs, I was baby brained, you'll remember. <laughs> I was getting my nursery ready while everybody else was kind of securing a job and setting up their classrooms. And um, I learned the hard way. However, once I learned that there's an art to getting a job, it was something that I was happy to share. So it wasn't unusual for me during my teaching years for other people to say to me, Tony, would you mind reading my letter? Um, and when I'd left the, the classroom, when I'd left headship, people would say, still say to me, Tanya, can you be a referee for me? Tanya, can you help me apply for this job? Um, and one day I had that kind of aha moment. You know, this can be one of my niches. So I met up with one of my own colleagues who's a bit of a confidant and mentor and he said to me Tanya what is stopping you um putting all of the people that you're helping into a room into a classroom and teaching them together and that kind of made me think because I was working with clients on a one-to-one -one basis to to get a job not all of them teachers by by any means because it's the same art to get a teaching job as it is to get any other job but it got me thinking about the fact that actually if I'm going to do that it's going to be great to have my own model so actually what is it I'm doing that's working um you know, how do I get people from A to B? How can I make it even better? And then for me, learning is about being independent. So then when I kind of thought, right, I've got a handbook together, I looked at it and thought, well, actually, people can do this for themselves. Um, and one of the, the great things about NLP, you know, Dr. Richard Bandler and John Grinder, um, the co-founders of NLP, they modelled the best that they could find. Um, and so what I wanted was to help people to kind of model people that are the best at securing an interview, the best at presenting themselves, etc. cetera. Um, and in terms of a professional development book, I wanted to model um, the best professional development authors. So I was able to put all of my skills together and take people on a journey that's got lots of stories. And throughout the stories, I'm constantly teaching. Um, and at the end of each chapter, there's an exercise that they can do that gets them closer to getting a job. Um, and then they can purchase um, a hypnosis trance that is a trance to shine at interview. So that once they've read the book and had their call to interview, um, done things like thought about the person's spec, the questions that may well be 
asked in the interview, planned their interview lesson, etc. They can literally pop their earphones in, close their eyes and just be taken on a journey to train the unconscious um, to deliver at interview their best presentations um, possible. And of course, if we think about it, the best sports people, best athletes have a mind coach as well as as a work coach. Um, and the unconscious doesn't doesn't um, know the difference between make believe and real life. So when they've had the opportunity to practice all of that, um, you know, in a nice, quiet, focused place inside, in reality, then things happen automatically. So it is a bit more than that, because obviously sometimes I'm working with people that lack belief that they're going to get a particular job. They don't always believe that they're going to get a particular promotion. So on a one-to-one basis, I support them in a way that I can't within the book. So I do, you know, if I'm working with people one-to-one, we, we go a step further. However, for me at the moment, when I get a message from somebody that's read the book and it's a thank you and they tell me the impact that it's had on them, then, you know, that's good enough for me. Absolutely. Sounds fantastic. Um, and I, I really sort of like the whole sort of journey of that, like you say, and being able to then reach a large amount of people, like we talked about before, about sort of how that impact works. And I think it is that one-to-one, it is that one-to-many, it is that just this conversation in terms of opening up and that discussion and, and really understanding how it, you know, the training affected you in your classroom and how that is subsequently, like you say, filtered down into writing a book and the coaching and, and, and how you sort of set your, your life up now, which is absolutely, I think, fascinating for people to hear because it means that whatever your perceived limitations are or your struggles are or where you believe you might be boxed in, in in your sort of school life at the moment, that's not where it has to stay, both physically and also mentally and perceptually. And and I think that then there's there's a very sort of um, real sigh, I think, and a kind of a kind of, oh, right, okay, this is going to be fine. I can find where those skills are. There are people out there to be supportive. I can actually be part of this from reading chapter one or from getting in touch in one-to-one and all of that. So yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And in terms of that sigh and um, what you've just said there, that certainly resonates with me with a client that I've worked with recently um, because her letter was getting her interview. She'd been a supply teacher for 16 years and wanted to go into the classroom and be a, you know, a class teacher um, rather than going from school to school. And she wasn't securing a permanent post. And a head teacher said to her in her feedback, somebody must coach people to know how to um, how to achieve well in the interview process. Go and find a coach. And it was then by chance that she, she saw me on Facebook. So, um, yeah, it's about just, you know, addressing the need as and when. Yeah. And I, I love that that whole philosophy. It's that kind of with our children, it's like they really like football, so they get 
football coaching and join a club and they want to learn a musical instrument you get a teacher and you form in an orchestra or in a band or whichever yeah. sort of thing you're interested in and then as we get older we kind of forget the fact that the same thing applies we're just older <laughs> and, Absolutely. and there's, there's only so much we know but we need to surround ourselves with the people that can help and support us and sometimes that's very specific about i need a coach to get a, a job or it might be i just need to listen to a podcast and I want to be surrounded by a group of people who are just able to sort of show me the way or expose me to a few things I can do on my own. But I think just opening that up as a possibility means that you're, you're a continual learner, you're growing all the time. And I think that's quite a relaxing feeling rather than I kind of did that many years ago and I'm past all of that and I should know everything now. And I think certainly as educators, once we, once we change that mindset as well, that we're sort of learning together, then that can be really impactful as well. Yeah, and of course, everybody can be a coach. Everybody can provide the challenge for each other. And it's empowering for children in the classroom to coach each other. So um, the year that, the, the last year that I spent in the classroom, I had the privilege of doing a piece of research where the children did coach each other in terms of you know where each other was at and giving each other feedback so I kind of developed um, a, a coaching model for children and was getting great results with it so I think you know when when Bill Gates said every coach needs a coach um, he was right so certainly for me as a young head teacher um, I remember a consultant saying to me one day, have you thought of, of having a coach? And I can remember saying to him, well, no, of course not. I'm a head teacher now. I, I should be able to do everything by myself. Gradually, I realised that my colleagues did have their own coaches and mentors and that, you know, not everybody is doing things by themselves. And it's okay to have somebody who challenges you to be your best and it the the, the teaching someone else i i really love it something i'm about to introduce um is a concept with some of my parents and some of my pupils is that kind of i was thinking a way about engagement so 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 often they say how do i get them to practice more how do i get to do this or <laughs> or I'm, I'm, I'm not a musician you know how can i help them at home and it's about ask a question you know what bands are you interested in do they know the name of the drummer and one of the things that in terms of the kind of the teaching thing I think one of the things I'm going to suggest is ask your child to teach you a basic skill of what's going on because then they're engaged because they, they they're literally wanting to show you what they're doing not yeah. because you've asked but because they're trying to probably one show that they're better than their parents ever going to be um but but also have that ability to that there's a reason to have that conversation rather than a little bit like when you know when you pick up from the school get what did you do today oh nothing you know just been here all day not really doing anything but when you ask specific questions in certain ways you know yeah. Well, yeah. show show me that yeah. skill that you've learned or we're going to learn this groove to this song and of course that's something we can put in place in the background to kind of sort of secure that i think that just changes the whole dynamic of how yeah. learning and is and the dialogue you know if you say to a child, you know, I wonder what it was that you did today that you enjoyed the most, they'll tell you because it presupposes that there were things that they did that they had enjoyed them. And, and of course, that hold on 
being able to use language for a purpose to enable others is huge. And I love the idea of supporting the parents to support the children. Yeah, I think I think I'm mean, I mean, looking forward to enjoying the exploration of how that's going to work as well, and, and those that want to get involved. And that, that that was a big thing for me as well was the kind of supporting those that want to get involved. Rather, I'm very much sometimes everyone should have the opportunity, but you can only give the opportunity. Not everyone is in a place or wanting to do that, and that's been quite an interesting journey for me as well from a from a teacher's point of view. Yeah, and from the children's point of view, there are things that sometimes are kind of theirs. And they want to pursue it on their own without their parents, which, um, you know, that's also worth considering too sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just quickly go full circle back into into what you learned, either as a pupil, um, a teacher that had a big, influ- okay. a big influence on you. And, and just I'm always interested, to, especially people who are then involved in education, as to, you know, what that kind of influence had in a positive way or maybe a negative way but something you kind of thought yeah I can remember this and it's usually a feeling isn't it or or however it is but yeah tell us a a situation or somebody that's had that impact. Okay so in terms of my own education I'd say that everything had impact (laughs) Mm -hmm. positively or negatively um, because obviously we all learn from our own experience Um, But for me, looking back, the relationships in the classroom were key. Um, And I remember if I take myself all the way back to reception, my teacher was called Miss Allen. And I can remember the TLC that she gave me when I threw up on the rug. (laughs) And, you know, I've not forgotten the other thing I've not forgotten is her just sitting up on the desk with her guitar and us singing our hearts out and just enjoying, um, you know, the music and the song. And if I think about other teachers that had a real impact on me, in year one, I was taught by a lady called Miss Dixon, who arrived and she was like our own Kylie Minogue. So she was Australian. She came with all sorts of artifacts that we could look at and be inspired by she taught us all about where she came from she supported us to be independent so i can remember that we each each and every one of us had our own book about australia and she she posed questions to us about what questions we could ask about australia and then posed questions like you know so i wonder where in the book you would find this and you know, this was 50 years ago, and she was really creating independence. So for me, it's it's about the teachers that, that I liked, I knew they liked me, um, and how they taught. So Miss Dixon, she introduced me to Paddington. And to this day, I still love Paddington. And of course, If I was to think about the teachers that have inspired me, many of them are storytellers. And when you tell stories, you take people on a journey and they can go through all sorts of feelings um, and be inspired. And by the time I got to secondary school, again, the teachers that inspired me were storytellers. Um, 
I'd never thought of studying English literature, but eventually I did a B.Ed. in English literature. Um, sorry, started on the B.Ed. course with English literature and education and then transferred to a, a postgrad. But I followed English literature because I had teachers that were really passionate about stories and telling stories and discussing stories and inspired me to to read and to get to know more about books and how they work and things, um, even though I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know. And now, yes, I'm qualified to teach English literature, um, but it's not the path I followed. However, I know the impact that those teachers had on me. I love that. And I think, like I say, storytelling is so important. And I think even having just mentioned that now, I think people can start to see how they can share their own stories, like I say, create stories around, create a, an image, a picture, an understanding. And that's um, that just, like I say, changes the starting point for where you, you do everything. So tell us, is there a piece of advice you'd like you were given that you'd like to share or a piece of advice that you give your younger self now especially having been a head teacher maybe to someone who's um a little bit less experienced yeah i think i would say to my younger self um to explore my own personal and professional development sooner rather than later because with teaching you kind of get on the conveyor belt at the end of August and you don't get off until the start of the following August. Um, and you get, you, yes, you complete courses, but at the fact that actually there's so much more learning that you can do beyond that in order to just develop yourself, to know yourself, to know your own values, be really sure of your own core purpose um took me time and so yeah in retrospect I wish that I'd started a kind of personal development journey sooner rather than later but it's never too late and I'm enjoying Absolutely. it now <laughs> um, and just finally as we wrap up is there a resource which has had a big impact on you and it can be a song a video a film a podcast a book could, could be anything but something you'd like to share yeah I think there have been plenty along the way. Certainly as a head teacher, I was never happier than at the point at which at the weekend I would feel an assembly coming on because I'd come across something that inspired me and I'd use it to inspire the children. But I think if I had to name one um, resource that's inspired me throughout life, um, as twee as it might sound, it would be Mary Poppins simply because you know the film was made just before I was born it's a film that from time to time I've watched again and again and each time I watch it I find more and more inspiration and for me Mary Poppins is a coach she is a teacher she's she's there when the parents aren't and she does inspire the children and she does it in a way that it's memorable for them. And I think if whether we're whether we're teaching children in the classroom or adults in a training room, 
it's about it being really memorable. And when it's memorable, it's inspiring and, you know, it leads to great things. Yeah, and it really ties everything up that we've talked about, I think, as well. And I think, like I say, when you can have that association and we can all know what it feels like having watched Mary Poppins, I mean, the majority of people will, will really be able to identify with that. And I, I think that um, sort of, ability to be able to wind all that together is absolutely fantastic so well Tanya thank you so much for being here thank you so much for everything that you've explained tell us where people can find out more um, about you and your courses and the book and, ah, and everything like that. Ooh. ah so they can go to my website um which is tanyabuntingcoaching.org um and they can read there about the things that i'm doing so I am a personal and professional development coach. I work with children and adults alike. And yes, I do have some niches. Um, but I also um, like, like a challenge. So for me, it's about whether I'm the right coach, the right therapist for my clients. So yeah, and I offer a complimentary discovery call so anybody that thinks that they may well be keen to work with somebody else to um, be inspired to shine and accelerate progress towards their own goals is welcome to contact me and I'll help in any way that I can fantastic well thank you so much for that insight inspiration um understanding and and i think the the idea of storytelling the idea of taking on your own personal development and actually walking into your own light and shining in the way you've spoken is um is fantastic so yeah thank you very much indeed thank you mark Thank you so much for listening. It's such a pleasure to be able to bring you such wisdom and inspiration. If I could ask you to do one thing, please share this podcast with one other person just so that we can really make the most of our ripple effect of being able to just reach as many people as possible. And that way we can make the biggest difference in the world. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about the community and how to get involved, please go to educationonfire.com forward slash fire. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.